Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of HP Critical. I'm Jarell, and I'm joined by Marissa, and today, she and I are going to be talking about some of the biggest news happening in gaming at the moment involving Sony and Microsoft. It was recently revealed that Sony won't be attending E3 2020. Uh, we're going to take a look at exactly what that means for Sony's reveal of the PlayStation 5, and we're also going to discuss Microsoft's recent announcement that all of their first-party titles for the Xbox Series X, or the new Xbox, will also run on the current generation of consoles, meaning there will be no exclusives for the Xbox. Series X if it's a first-party Microsoft title. So um, let's dive into Microsoft first, because I have quite a few opinions on um, the Microsoft situation, and then I'll ask you yours, Marissa. Um, So first, let me just explain exactly what's been happening. Head of Xbox Game Studios, Matt Booty, spoke to MV... MCVUK online, and they had a conversation, and a um, a part of this interview... He said that as their content comes out over the next year, two years, all of their games will play up and down the family of devices, um, as in the Microsoft devices. He said that they want to make sure that if someone invests in Xbox between now and the Series X, that they feel that they've made a good investment and that the company is committed towards keeping, uh, committed to making content for them. Uh, Basically, the idea is that any first party title that comes out of a Microsoft studio is not only going to be able to be played on an Xbox One X or the new Xbox, it's also going to be able to be played on the last generation. This, I think, personally, is a great thing. I know a lot of people have been saying that this changes the way that we'll be able to see uh, exclusives. It changes the way that uh, new consoles are being sold, which, I mean, of course it does, because everyone knows that you're going to grab the new, the newest generation console for the new games that are coming out on it because that's why we go out and buy new consoles anyway but i think it's so interesting that microsoft is deciding to instead of worry about console sales they're making the decision to work on an ecosystem that people can join basically the idea going forward is that there won't be any series x exclusives from microsoft as first party titles uh, this of course does not include um, other titles that aren't first party from Microsoft if a company decides that they want to make a game exclusively for Xbox Series X they are more than welcome to do so Uh, Microsoft is just ensuring that you have a way to play the latest Xbox games Uh, something that they've been pioneering for a while anyway with Game Pass for example uh, being available for PC and Xbox and their whole Play Anywhere initiative. It seems as if Microsoft is really honing in on wanting you to be a part of their ecosystem. They don't actually care how you become a part of it or where you become a part of it. And the best part is that you can literally go get a $250 Xbox One all digital version and play Halo Infinite when it comes out next year on the Xbox Series X. So Marissa, what are your thoughts on this entire situation? I think that this is an excellent move by Xbox. Um, You know, at first, I think when you kind of hear that there's not going to be any exclusives, you kind of, you know, think back to E3s of past and just be like, wow. uh, So there's two games that are just coming to the Xbox that I could be getting on, you know, my PlayStation instead or uh, now on the Nintendo Switch instead. So at first, when you just hear this whole they're not going to have exclusive things. It probably does sound a little bit like, wait, then why would I get one? But I'm so much more interested in the concept of them just wanting to welcome people in on the ecosystem. Uh, 
I've always kind of hated uh, the day that the next console is coming out because it does kind of come into a, should this be a day one purchase for me? Because you have so many games on previous consoles. Uh, a lot of the times I end up keeping them, which, you know, isn't necessarily a bad thing, but then you can't really do like the, Hey, trade in to get the newer, latest edition Xbox X or PlayStation five, because then I'm abandoning a lot of games that don't carry over. Uh, I think that it's amazing that you don't really have to contemplate that unless of course you do want to upgrade to the series X. Um, I think that it's a great incentive to get people to join the Xbox family. Uh, maybe people who were on the fence, uh, people who were looking to bring a console in that they don't already have, uh, especially if it's a debate between, you know, I can't really get a PlayStation and an Xbox. So which one would I rather get? Uh, being able to say that, hey, with our Play Anywhere initiative, you can instantly get your hands on pretty much everything that's come to the Xbox One, the Xbox One X, the Xbox One S, you know, just kind of continuing further down the line. I, I think that it's going to be super interesting to watch. Uh, I think that it's going to be incredible to kind of win people over to the Xbox family, especially because you don't have to uh, grab the latest and greatest console. Um, you can just kind of go back and get something, you know, almost to kind of test the waters uh, with one of the previous editions of the Xbox family that's come out. There's also um, that, that initiative to be able to pay for an Xbox One X uh, in installments as well. Um, so they're really just trying to find ways to get people to get into their games. Now, do you think that there's anything, because uh, there have been, of course, I'm sure there are, because there have been a lot of articles about why this is such a bad thing, how my, um, it's basically what you said before, Microsoft is really not pushing the exclusives, they're not going to be selling this hardware in the way that they should. I personally believe, and I'm, you probably feel the same way, that Microsoft doesn't actually care where you play as long as you're playing. Um, mm -hmm. Do you think anything negative could come out of this? I think that in the long run, it could definitely affect their actual hardware sales, just because if you are kind of opening it up to, hey, if you still have your Xbox One S, your Xbox One uh, that came out previously, you can still play anything that you want on it. Um, you know, I think that it's good for game sales, because then it's not just kind of like, oh, I have the new console so I'm not buying the old games or oh I have the old console so I'm not buying the new games I think that you could kind of see where it would boost game sales themselves but when you're talking about the actual hardware I think that they could take a hit just because they are leaving it so open-ended uh you know I couldn't speak to the actual numbers of it I just don't have those figures available right now in front of me uh but I mean they've kind of already opened themselves up a little bit with allowing so many of their games to be played on PC. So you don't even necessarily, you know, have to keep upgrading and upgrading and upgrading your console as long as you can still play it on PC. So 
I don't know how much it will truly, truly affect them in the long run. I'm just kind of predicting that we might see a kind of surprisingly low number. Uh, not that it's going to be horrible, just that it's going to be lower than expectation because now you have it so open-ended that you can have any in this family of consoles. You don't have to get the Series X as soon as it comes out in order to play all these titles. Um, but I think that in the long run, it's definitely going to boost game sales because now you have this much broader, wider audience of people who are going to be able to buy, like you said, Halo Infinite when it comes out, as opposed to, well, shit, and I have to factor in, I'm getting the Series X, plus I'm getting the game, you know, am I getting an additional controller on top of it? You know, instead of yeah. factoring in those costs, you can just say, I want Halo Infinite. I'm going to go buy it. I'm going to play it on my Xbox One S and just have a good time with it. Um, you know, so I think game cells are going to see probably, you know, a boost from this, uh, while hardware sales, maybe not so much. I think it's so interesting that you say that because even still, I feel like a lot of these games are also going to be on Game Pass. Because uh, didn't they say that their, their uh, exclusives come first to Game Pass or something like that? I think so. I know that there was a lot of games announced at E3 that, like, day one were also going to be available on Game uh, Game Pass. Uh, so, I mean, again, it's kind of like a interesting uh, landscape because then are you just playing things through Game Pass? But then you're also still part of the subscription service that's allowing you to play multiple things. You don't necessarily have to buy them. I don't know if that's encouraging people to then go and get the copies themselves or to continue to just play them through Game Pass. Uh, so I don't know. <laughs> I don't I don't know. <laughs> it's going to be very interesting to see because, I mean, every year, of course, we, even with a PlayStation, we have these situations in which we'll get two versions sometimes of the same game. And so that's exactly what's happening here. Um, you know, like, uh, I think a great example is The Last of Us coming out at the end of one generation and then at the beginning of another and mm -hmm. looking better. Um, that's essentially exactly what's going to be happening over at Xbox. You're going to be playing Halo Infinite on your Xbox Series X in the best version of it, or you're going to be playing it, you know, on the last generation in a really good version of it. Uh, so it's not really that different from anything that we've different from anything we've seen before. Um, I think uh, people have kind of been overreacting a little bit about it, and I, I too think it's a great way to get people invested in Xbox because Xbox has had the problem in the past of not having games to bring people over. And now they have so many games and they're giving you so many ways to get to those games. And we, we obviously are going to have Halo Infinite. Um, Hellblade 2 is coming. Um, was there anything else that they mentioned? That's going to be coming to the, well, coming when the Xbox Series X is yeah. out. I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, I, I don't remember anything else uh, from e, from the Game Awards, because it wasn't even E3, my bad. This is all uh, on the Game Awards, like, this is all mentioned during the Game Awards, the games that were coming. Yeah. Um, so speaking of the Game Awards, that's a nice segue, um, the Game Awards was where the Xbox Series X was revealed. How did you feel about that? Um, I think that it's kind of interesting. Um, there's... There's a lot of games that get a, that get a reveal during the Game Awards show. Uh, I think this is really the first time that we've seen a major piece of hardware, so an actual console, um, revealed during it. I 
I don't know. I don't feel like, oh my god, this uh, this is changing the game up or anything like that. It does seem a little bit odd that they wouldn't wait until something like E3, but at the same time, I mean, it's kind of a perfect way to highlight a console because no other consoles are going to get announced during this. There's not going to be any other major hardware that's really getting announced during this. Everyone's expecting games to be shown and trailers to be revealed. Um you know, even for developers to come out and talk about their upcoming games a little bit. So I think that it is kind of a show stealer in that sense where, hey, you know what? Let's actually talk about our next console coming up. Uh, there's been a lot of rumors about the PlayStation 5, but nothing that's like super, super, super solidified yet. Uh, so to kind of take center stage and show off that, hey, we have a new console. It's here. You can see it. You can see what we're gonna bring to it. Uh, I think it's an. I think it's a good move by Xbox, just because there's not really anything else at the Game Awards show to compete with it, other than games, and that's just kind of a different genre. You know, you mm-hmm. you have to hold consoles in a different regard than you do the game. Yeah, of course. Uh, you know, so I mean, you're just looking at that as opposed to this sort of. Uh, comparison of PlayStation's announcing the same day as Xbox. Uh, you know, I think that it's a really good thing to just separate it out and make it so that all the focus is really turned towards Xbox that evening. You know, I, I, I thought it was a bad thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I think it's interesting to hear you say that it's a good thing only because I had actually forgotten about the reveal of the Xbox Series X halfway through the show. Because it was... <laughs> I know, this is so bad. It's because it was announced, like, you know, it was, like, within the first 30 minutes of the show, we got the announcement of the Xbox Series X. But then, that show was, like, three hours long. So by hour two and a half, I was thinking about uh, all the other games that were winning, what was going to win Game of the Year, all the other announcements we got, um, some of the cool-looking ones, some of the not-so-great-looking ones, and then... Um, we were all talking about the Game of the Year winner. Um, we were talking about how well uh, uh, Devil May Cry 5 did. Um, we were talking about, you know, Death Stranding, what would happen. We were talking about um, Smash winning for this or that. We were talking about uh, f- uh, uh, Three Houses winning for fan favorite and for best RPG uh, strategy. And, like, so much happened within that three-hour time period. I 100% forgot that a console was revealed. <laughs> And I was talking to some other people, and I was not the only one. It was like, oh, shit, they did talk about this. And, of course, the headlines were big, but there were also lots of big headlines on everything else that happened during that presentation. Uh, so I thought it was kind of weird to do. Um, also, the, pre- the like the the marketing and presentation for the Xbox Series X, I didn't know what it was. Nobody knew what it was. We were all watching it like, what is this box? And then we <laughs> found out that it was an Xbox. And there was no, like, there was nothing else. It was just like, oh, look, here's what it looks like. Um, and then we find out, you know, a week and a half or two weeks later that it's not even called the Xbox Series X. It's just called the Xbox. So the whole thing was just very confusing to me. Um, and I get, I guess I'm assuming this is obviously a, an assumption that the reason that it's a Series X is because they're going to have more in this series line and uh, maybe they're, they're, uh, 
entry-level, less powerful one is going to be revealed at E3, or they'll maybe even have an even more powerful one revealed at E3, and this was just, like, their their mid-tier of the Series X, and so maybe this is just, like, to get hype started. Um, I obviously don't know. Um, I don't know what they're going to do at E3. I'm, I'm assuming they're going to show us another version of an Xbox coming in the series. I don't understand why they have these weird naming conventions. I will not <laughs> understand a lot of things that Xbox does, so I think it's very interesting to see that, um, to hear it from your perspective as to why it was good because I just thought it was kind of messy. It was just like a commercial that didn't even it didn't even look like Xbox in the beginning. It was literally just like flowers and water and I was like, what what is this? <laughs> like and then they showed like some Xbox past games like Forza and I was like, oh, oh it's a thing. And then they were like Series X and I was like, I still don't know what this is. And so after the presentation, uh I had no idea that it was the new console. I was like, well, I still don't understand what this box is. Like, I, I don't get it. Um, so I just thought it was very weird. Uh, but speaking of that, I want to kind of move on to uh, Sony and what they've been doing with the PlayStation 5 because they've been, um, they've, uh, like I said earlier, they are not attending E3 2020. Mm-hmm. And uh, we don't know what the PlayStation Five looks like. We got the logo at CES, which thanks, it looks yeah. exactly the same. Um, <laughs> yeah. But with the five, we got the logo at CES. Um, we got some specs in a Wired article, and like things are trickling out. But they're not going to be E three. So, like, what do you think? Are how do you think they're going to go about? you know, showing us what the PlayStation 5 is. Uh, One of the things that they said, if I'm not mistaken, and I need to just look this up for sure, but one of the things that they said is that they're going to be skipping E3, but they do want to do more uh, fan interactive type things. Um, Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering if they're going to like do maybe, I know we were talking about it a little bit earlier, like a state of play where they reveal it and then they go around and like, you know, they have these big buses where people get to try it, um, you know, try it out for themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, I don't know. What do you think? Uh, well, they might do more PSX uh, conventions then, if that's the case. Um, I, I definitely think that we're going to get the reveal in a state of play. Uh, if they're not doing an E3 showing, that's really the only other major avenue I can think of at this time where they'd be able to show it off with you know everyone pay, uh, paying attention to you know, there's streams of it, whether it's YouTube or Twitch or wherever else you watch the state of play. Um, that's the, that's really the only other thing that I can think of. Um, I don't think that they'd probably do it at something like a Comic-Con, uh, just because there's so much other shit going on, especially at San Diego Comic-Con. Like there's so many other things going on. So if they're not at E3, then it's, it's going to be a state of play. But see, that's how I felt about the... I'm sorry to cut you off, but that's how I felt about Microsoft's presentation of their Xbox Series X during the Game Awards. There's so much other stuff going on. Mm -hmm. And and I think that if Sony did reveal the PlayStation 5 during a state of play, this is very focused. We know that this is all about PlayStation. And if they did, we're going to get, you know, the games that are coming along with the console. We're going to get the specs. We're going to get the things that we've been waiting for because they've been leaving a little breadcrumb of, like, clues, like, trickling Mm -hmm. out from, like, this article and that article. And um, here's a logo. And um, But we still don't know exactly what's happening. And I think... I think personally that that's more interesting than showing me your box at a game awards where I'm going to forget it. Whereas, you know, this, 
Uh, this is actually where I think that we do start to part a little bit more than anything because hindsight is twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. Now there are articles that I can go back and look up and find out more about the Xbox Series X. So yeah, if in the middle of the night that you're watching the Game Awards show, it's one of the first things that gets talked about. And then as you go on, you're just kind of forgetting it. Like I totally understand that uh, point of view. Um, Cause I mean, the Game Awards show does go on forever and ever and ever. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> And so, um, you know, like, I definitely can understand that for sure. But now you already have the configurations. You already have what it's going to look like. You may not have all the exact details. You know, some of those may be held in, like you're saying, it might be a series of consoles that are going to be revealed. I was more thinking along the line that the Series X is talking about all of the Xboxes that are going to be included in the series in terms of Xbox One, Xbox One S, Xbox mm, One X. You know, so maybe that this is just the top tier of what they have currently and that all of the Xboxes are together in a series now. That's kind of how I interpret it. But, mm. you know, like you said, we don't have a definitive, this is exactly what Microsoft meant by that. Um, but that does still mean that we can now go and look those things up and we can start to investigate a little bit more. We have more information available. We're actually looking at it, you know, with PlayStation five. I mean, the thing that, you know, if someone was like, Hey, what are the specs for it? I couldn't really tell you because I've just mostly seen the memes of this is what PlayStation's marketing team must've looked like changing the logo from PS4 to PS5. You know, it's like, I think because there isn't something a little bit more solidified yet, it's almost kind of like, okay, hey, Xbox is getting this time to shine alone. Right now, there's the speculation, there's this logo out, there's these few specs that are starting to come out and everything like that, but we're not seeing it. We're not getting, you know articles on every single site that are showing it off and talking about it. And it's going to have this, this, and this, and these games are going to come to it. You know, we already do have, you know, maybe a small list, but still a list of games that are coming to the Xbox series X. So it's kind of giving it a moment to shine for itself where PlayStation is, you know, kind of getting like memes made about it. And you don't really know exactly. (laughs) And you keep seeing these like, false prototypes show up and think like, oh, that's going to be a neat design. And then another one show up that looks like it's going to hold a pizza in the middle of it. And you're just like, I don't really know what to expect at this point, but uh, I'm laughing at it more than I'm thinking about, oh my God, it's coming. So um, as a Sony fanboy, to be fair to Sony, because I do have to slip in here a little bit, uh, Microsoft does also have some memes about their refrigerator-looking Xbox. Which, for sure. Which, mind you, I actually think it looks great. I love the tower design. I'm I'm all for it. I think it's awesome. Um, and, oh my god, I forgot the other thing I was going to say. They have memes, and um, the spec the specs that were revealed were pretty much the same, and um, I forgot who it was, but I think it was AMD during CES. They were showing off um, a version of the Xbox Series X, and it was um, a prototype that they made up because it wasn't even the actual thing. Um, so, you know, it's a little bit of that on both sides, but I do agree yeah. that Xbox is very much having this time to shine. But I, do, I still think that 
I, I, I kind of think like Nintendo does the same thing. If Nintendo reveals a Switch in, in their Nintendo Direct, we know that that's exactly for Nintendo. Um, mm-hmm. If if Sony reveals a PS5 in their uh, state of play, we know that all this time is devoted to their new uh, console. If Xbox reveals their Xbox Series X during the Game Awards, they have a very small segment of a commercial, and then we have the Game Awards. Um, so I guess that's what E3 is for. Yeah, which, I mean, you know, (laughs) PlayStation isn't attending. So they do have, you know, even more time to go all in with um, everybody join Xbox. Yeah. So you're right. So next question. If you had Mm -hmm. to compare the way that these two uh, companies are, are providing us with information for their new consoles in the end um you know let's say you know we find out about the playstation 5 in a state of play uh and and we we do know for sure that playstation 5 will have exclusives that are only playable on the playstation 5 as opposed to the ecosystem that Microsoft is creating, you will have to go out and buy a PS5 to be able to play these games. And we do. We also have heard, and I'm pretty sure this is true, that both um, consoles will be backwards compatible, so that will make it easier for people to want to go out and buy an Xbox Series X or a PS5, uh, because you don't have to you know, get rid of your entire library of video games to, to enjoy this new one. So with that being said... You did mention, you know, hardware sales. Does this mean that PlayStation is going to already have another edge? What I'm assuming is that, of course, in the beginning, PlayStation is going to have an edge on hardware hardware sales because they're going to have the exclusives and they're going to be backwards compatible. And they're going to have, you know, their own time to shine probably after each after E3, uh, but uh, obviously before summer, because they have to do something before the end of the year. So it'll be interesting mm-hmm. to see them, you know, not be pressured by E3. Uh, they haven't been pressured by the Game Awards, but having their own cutout time to just show off what they have, giving maybe giving people a chance to try it out before a reveal and then going into the season uh you can pick up a playstation 5 well you would have to pick up a playstation 5 to play something like god's fall you know whereas you don't have to pick up an xbox to play halo infinite how do you think that's gonna you know Mm -hmm. end up in the end like what what do you think the results are going to be towards something like that well i can see where definitely in the beginning playstation 5 is going to outsell the series x just because again you have this you know, sort of buy-in, I guess, where you can get an Xbox One uh, or an Xbox One S and kind of join the family that way, as opposed to PlayStation 5 is out, you need PlayStation 5, if you want to play these games, get the new console. You know, I think that over time what we'll see is that, sure, they're selling the new console, but their sales of PS4 are going to drop significantly. The sales of PS3 are probably going to be non-existent. I don't even know if they are super existent right now. Uh, <laughs> you know, because, I mean, it has been a long time since a lot of PS3 games have released. Yeah. I know that Persona 5 did come out mm-hmm. to it, but aside from that, I couldn't tell you if there's any new games that have gone to it. Um, I don't think there has been. But um, I, I really do believe that Sure, PlayStation will probably outsell Xbox, especially if they're both releasing, you know, let's just say releasing quarter four of 2020. Um, they both have, you know, so far 
pretty heavy hitters on their lineup. If you've been playing Xbox, especially since the first Xbox, you've been yeah. playing Halo. <laughs> you know, I, I couldn't think of oh, very many people who have had a Xbox who haven't at least dabbled in Halo and at I think this point. This is the first launch title Halo, right? I think so off the top of my head. Um, cause I really, I don't think Halo Combat Evolved launched with the first Xbox. I think that did come out a little bit later. Um, you know, I'd have to double check yeah. that. <laughs> I'm sure there's going to be a bunch of Xbox fanboys who are like, what the fuck? You don't know anything. <laughs> I got Combat Evolved like a couple years after it came out. So I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I'm sure that they're gonna try and release i'm not saying that it's gonna be an absolute like 100 this is gonna happen but the last of us 2 on playstation 5 you know that's why even though we don't have a date kind of locked in even if we don't have a quarter locked in i would imagine that they're trying to push ahead so that way playstation 5 launches with the last of us 2 and those would be two major fucking launches you know you pick up your brand new halo day one with xbox or you pick up your brand new the last of us 2 with your new playstation the only difference is is that you can get a cheaper console you know with one of the original well you know, the Xbox One S's, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> but one of the newer Xbox consoles, not the newest, and still pick up Halo. Meanwhile, you know, sure, you can probably, you know, The Last of Us 2 is coming out to PlayStation 4 as well, but you're going to get to a point where that peters off and there's no longer going to be these subsequent releases of, hey, this next big exclusive coming to both PlayStation 5 and PlayStation 4, you know, as you go, that's going to wean off. And so PlayStation 4 sales are going to significantly drop. Meanwhile, Xbox has found a way to make sure that all of our hardware is continuing to sell. You know, our newest console may not be selling as well as the competitor, but let's go back and look at previous console generations and you'll see that Xbox One S, Xbox One X uh, are still selling well because they're still either maybe at a better price point or, you know, I'm more of a casual gamer and I don't need the latest and greatest. So they're still finding a way to where people are going to be buying even their older consoles, where I think that previously... You know, when the new things come out, it's kind of been like this, I don't want to play with you anymore. And you drop it behind. And, you know, I mean, I just even looking back, like I have my PlayStation 3. I haven't touched it since I got my PS4. I have my Wii. The only reason I turn it on occasionally is because I have GameCube games that I'm really, really, really fond of and haven't gotten any type of port to a newer console. So... You know, yeah, I still will play my Wii. I probably wouldn't go out and buy a new one if it busted. I'd probably go and find, you know, a mom and pop shop yeah. somewhere that has a GameCube that I could pick up. But it, I think it just kind of, I think it goes in favor of longevity towards Xbox, especially with their consoles that have already been out for a little while, because this is a new reason for you to go and buy an older console. I think a lot of the time the market has been more focused on this is the new thing and you need to get the new thing in order to do the new stuff. And Xbox has found a way to be like, actually, no, you can keep buying the old stuff because we have warehouses (laughs) full of it. 
And, you know, <laughs> we're still generating a profit off of all this while still bringing you a brand new. If, if you want to throw down that money day one on a Series X and play the latest games with the greatest graphics, with the best processing, you know, that they can offer, then, yeah, you have that option. But you don't necessarily need to do it either. And PlayStation will do that for a little bit where it's like, yeah, you know, The Last of Us 2, we're not going to have it not release on PlayStation 4 because so many people are, you know, not necessarily going to go yeah. get it day one. You know, I know for me, I, I've loved PlayStation I've never gotten it day one. I never have. It's always been a game that has prompted me to go and get yeah. my next PlayStation. You know, and so I think that they'll eventually get to a point where they're just like, okay, we're announcing, I, probably not, but just, you know, as a as an example of something I know I would rush out to go get a PlayStation 4. Yeah. Persona 6. <laughs> it's getting yeah. announced, you know, <laughs> like, only coming to PlayStation 5, you need to get the fuck out there and go get it. And then I'd be like, oh, shit, I have to yeah. go out and get a PlayStation 5 now. Like, <laughs> there's no other option. Um, you know, so I think that it will eventually get to a point that the PlayStation 4 just does become obsolete. And meanwhile, Xbox has found a way to make it so that their consoles don't really, not for a while anyway. And, you know, graphics are constantly updating and, you know, getting better and better and better. So eventually, sure, the Xbox One S just won't cut it anymore. But at that point, then it won't be such a hardship to upgrade because then there will be new Xbox consoles coming out. And if it's still this whatever you have to bring to the table, you can play your games on it. Like I, I think that in the long run of all of this, Xbox has found a kind of genius way to make sure that you're buying all of their consoles. Meanwhile, PlayStation five kind of knows that after a while, we're going to have to abandon the PS4. We just have to see when that's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. I mean, hopefully the backwards compatibility will make that an easier transition, but I, I do think that Xbox does deserve some praise for this because I bought both consoles. Well, no, I bought the PlayStation 4 at launch and I bought the Xbox One, I think, a few months after launch. And honestly, both of them sat for a while because neither of them were backwards compatible. All the games kind of sucked mm -hmm. when they first came out. So it's really, really cool of Xbox to be able to do this uh peer well uh, first of all it's cool to both of them to have backwards compatibility because thank god like <laughs> we all have backlogs at this point and it sucks to have this brand new console this big brand new toy that you got for christmas or whatever because it's coming out holiday and you can't even play it or the only things you can play kind of suck because we always get that well and not even just backlogs, too. I mean, I have games from, you know, the GameCube days, early 2000s, that I do like to go and revisit sometimes and play mm -hmm. through again. Uh, and it's nice that you don't have to completely abandon those because, well, the next console's out. So um, I guess I'm going to do that. And I think, too, it also helps, you know, as a plus for both of them, you know, I've had, uh, I've had some games on my PlayStation. I have the Kingdom Hearts collection on my PlayStation 3. Like I said, oh I haven't God. turned my PS3 only <laughs> since I've gotten my PlayStation 4. So I've not played yeah. any of them. And I just, you know, I was like, I'm not going to go and buy all of them again on the PlayStation 4. I have them on the 3. It's just that I don't yeah. play them on there anymore so um i think backwards compatibility is going to be 
a major plus. Uh, I'm kind of surprised it took until now for, uh, you know, these gaming companies to really like pick up on it that, hey, people really want to fucking play old games. Yeah. On I think console. it's just that, especially with like so many iterations of consoles with this generation, you can't just move on. Because we've all spent, uh, well, not we all, but a lot of people have spent, you know, money on more than one, possibly more than one version of the same type of console, or they've waited to get, you know, the, 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 it's all digital edition just this year, and nobody wants to have to fork up four, five, six hundred dollars a year later, like, to not even be able to play the games that they just got. Well, and even with... Uh, some of the PS4 Pros that were getting announced with games, and it was like, but, like, isn't PS5, like, a year and a half away? I don't want (laughs) to buy a PS4 Pro, and then in, you know, two and a half years, you tell me, like, it's all about PlayStation 5 now, guys! Like, yikes! Uh, So, one more thing I want to ask you. With Sony not attending E3, with Microsoft being off-site for E3 last year, with EA Play and Square Enix and a lot of other uh, companies just kind of, you know, doing their own thing for presentations. Where do you think this leaves E3 2020? Um, E3 is kind of in this weird situation. Uh, I know that a lot of pressers are kind of upset that it's open to the public but then meanwhile the public is really excited that it's open to them so it's a little strange um i know that for a long time i'm used to getting really everything that comes with gaming news out of e3 you know that's kind of like the holy grail of gaming news in a single year uh and so to see so many people kind of leave it uh you know, I hope that it's still at least somewhat a hub of announcements, even if these companies aren't necessarily attending E3, but they're still having their announcements around it, you know, maybe a couple days before, a couple days after. Um, you know, I, I do think that it kind of makes E3 a little bit weaker just in the sense of that, you know, it's not going to be the big three that are at it. You know, PlayStation wasn't there last year and they're showing the year before that was these really in-depth look, but of five games, you know? So by the time that you kind of got that look, you're like, okay, well, I mean, I know five games that are coming to it. (laughs) I don't know if that's everything, you know, but I mean, it's, it's kind of interesting. It's like, I I don't want to see anything happen at E3 because I really love it. And I think that it's this weak, out of the year that all gamers come together and are all watching the different streams, the different highlights, the reveals, the trailers, the announcements. Um, you know, and I think that for 2020, it'll probably still be somewhat similar to that, just in the fact that a lot of announcements do happen near E3. Um, you know, I think, uh, I, I can't remember how close the state of the play was to. E3, but I mean, you still had all these major announcements going on while E3 was going on. I don't know. I I don't know <laughs> what's going to happen with yeah. E3. I'm hoping it's here to stay, but, uh, you know, it just seems like more and more companies that you would expect to see there are not showing Xbox up. Xbox is holding on the fort, man. 
I know. The Xbox is E3 2020. Uh, <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> we're showcasing everything Xbox. I don't know what you thought you were coming here for. <laughs> Which I think actually has been really crazy cool because Xbox has been the place where we now get to see some games that we wouldn't have seen before. We get to see a lot of JRPGs now over on Xbox's stage. Games that we don't see elsewhere. Like, you know, they had Kingdom Hearts there. They had Tales of Arise there. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a bunch of... I think they did a really good job at showing that... You know, Xbox is for gamers, and they had a bunch of games for people to try out. So I think it's um it's been really working in their favor, because obviously E3 people watch for the games. If they show us you know new new content, new new games, new new consoles, like E3 has already been won by Microsoft. I mean, they're the only person there, so they win automatically. But like, yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and I mean even. Last year, as we were kind of watching along, I know that there were a lot of conferences that were kind of lackluster. Uh, and I think that it does, for whichever ones decide not to go, especially if you're talking about PlayStation versus Xbox, which has really been kind of a debate for ever. <laughs> you know, is that it did really allow Xbox to shine because it wasn't even like, okay, cool, Kingdom Hearts is coming to both, but uh, we're going to give it to PlayStation because PlayStation has, you know, had the series since the beginning. You know, now Xbox is getting to show exclusive trailers, exclusive looks at Kingdom Hearts and PlayStation can't because they're not there. So I think we're kind of at the point where if, if companies do show up to E3, then it really is that all eyes are on you. You know, yeah. this is your time to shine or your time to fall over and not impress anyone. Oh, um, <laughs> no, just if you, you know, if yeah, you don't yeah. have a lot to showcase, but you're still there. It, it's kind of interesting because, I mean, it's not like Sony's faltered because of not being there. It's not like Sony's like, oh, my God, Sony's just falling apart. They're not even at E3. Like, Sony has state of play. They have a lot of people who watch it. And, you know, I don't think it's really impacted them in a negative light. Sure, you're not necessarily there showing off things, you know, exclusively or for the first time, or we get Kingdom Hearts as opposed to Xbox getting Kingdom Hearts. You know, I mean, everyone still knows that it's going there, and everyone's watching the trailer being like, oh, cool, when I get my copy on PlayStation, it's going to look like this. You know, so it's like, it. it's a really weird, a really weird landscape right now. Uh... You know, where it's like, I couldn't even say that people that don't show up to E3 have a worse time. Uh, I think that it's definitely a good time to have a lot of people look at your content, look at what you're creating, look at what you're bringing to the table. But, you know, especially if you're a company like PlayStation, who's been around for a long time and has been strong for a long time. It's not that it's a single E3 before last year's. Yeah, you know, and I mean, I think it's always kind of like groundbreaking in terms of people being like, oh, PlayStation's not coming. What does that mean? You know, but I mean, PlayStation's not really affected by it. And so that's the weirdest aspect of it is that I don't feel like it negatively or positively really affects them. You know, it's it's kind of I, I really I don't know what it means for E3. I hope it doesn't mean that it's on its way out because I do really love the camaraderie of E3. Everyone being excited for it and, you know, the hashtag E3 just like going around, going around, going around. You know, so it's like I I really hope that it's not, you know, a 
sort of sign for the end times for E3. You know, but likewise, I don't think it's a sign for the end times for anyone who doesn't go to it. Yeah, I think um, Sony not going last year actually benefited them. Because mm-hmm. I don't think they had the product to show. And if they would have shown us the same games again for a third year in a row, I feel like people would have been very upset. So I think uh, not going kind of benefited them more than going and showing nothing. Yeah. But I, 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 I don't think E3 is going out the door, at least not yet, because Microsoft is going to hold that shit down. So thank you, Microsoft. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, I just picture Microsoft like, stretching out, making themselves comfortable, like, yeah, we're on the fucking big boy couch yes. all by ourselves. <laughs> yes. Um, and you know it is it is the only place that we get new announcements for video games so hopefully hopefully you're hopefully you are correct and it goes nowhere um and i mean we only have to wait a little bit longer to see um exactly what xbox and playstation are planning because those new consoles are coming out at the end of the year and they've got to start showing us something soon uh well not you know as soon as now but they have a few months before e3 and then a a waiting period after that you got to start marketing got to start getting stuff together we've seen the logo we've seen some games for ps5 we've seen some games coming at uh, xbox the new xbox series um so only time will tell but thank you so much for talking to me as always marissa you beautiful (laughs) voice and wealth of knowledge i love it i love speaking (laughs) to you all the time because you're like literally the best um <laughs> it's true. It's true. I can't help it. Uh, and we'll see you la- later, everyone. Bye. Bye.